I mentioned before we've had a great couple of uh, days with the youth conference and I just wanted to honour Adam and the team. I know we prayed for them last week. But they did just such an amazing job hosting and uh, all the work that's gone on behind the scenes. Just a, a wonderful job they've done and it was a great time. And as a part of that, we've had the pleasure of Andrew and Steve coming up from Melbourne. They've been hanging out with us. And Andrew's been sharing in the main sessions and we have the privilege this morning of inviting him up to share. So would you like to come, Andrew? Bring whatever you got. Welcome him as he comes up. And uh, he's brought his fan club over here, I think. All, all one of them. What happened to the rest? Did they, uh, they got lost in transit? They're up the back. But we've had a great time with Andrew. It's been uh, great getting to know you, brother. And in fact, my girls who came along last night, I dragged them along the older two. They said, Daddy, you've got to know that his jokes are much funnier than yours. Oh, so no. yeah. I was, <laughs> there was a little moment there of just allowing the Lord to minister to my heart, but has been good. So why don't we pray for him and then I'll hand over the mic and we'll see what the Lord wants to do. But Father, thank you for Andrew. What a great name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, this is serious. We're praying here. <laughs> Father, just thank you for, uh, for his heart for you. Thank you for all that you've done in the hearts of young people over the last couple of days. Thank you for this morning. Thank you that this is all about you. Mm. But Lord, I do just want to pray a blessing upon Andrew and his lovely wife and kids who are, are back home as well. Be with them, we pray. And I just ask that uh, this morning we would know your voice. We would hear your heartbeat through the words that he speaks. And I pray a blessing upon him as he's given out the last few days, just that he'd know your grace and your hand upon him. For the Lord just encouraging you that he's building a great strength in your life. Andrew means strength, strong. I feel like God's saying he's just building this unshakable foundation that where perhaps in the past there's been a tendency for things to be a bit fragile, there's a strength that he's building in your heart. And bless him this morning, even with that sense of strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, you don't need this you. one, do you? Yeah, I think I'm good. Turn we, it on. We good? What's going on? All right, can we hear me? Is it coming through the speakers? Okay, all right. Well, that's good. I like that. You can hear me. Um, so good to be here. Ah, that's better. There we go. I'm just going to put this to the side, I, if that's okay. Oh, it's a good one. That's a nice, heavy one. Yeah. Um, oh, so good to be here. So we've come up from Melbourne and had the most amazing youth conference. If you've seen people wearing these Hope hats, um, it's because, uh, yeah, come on. It's because uh, I was like, I just, I'm addicted to telling people about Jesus, right? absolutely addicted. He just totally changed my life. I was a drunk, suicidal mess. Um, man came into my work in a bar at 11 o'clock at night while I'm walking around work thinking about how I can kill myself. Do I hit a tree or do I, you know, how do I do it? And uh, he says, Andrew, God loves you so much and you've got to come back to him. Never met him in my life. It changed my life forever. And I, I often sing that song. I think it's a delirious song. What would I have done if it wasn't for Jesus? And so I was like, oh, I don't know. This, you know, we all wear clothes, right? So I thought I'll make a hat that 
can be uh, a bit, a little bit of a walking gospel message. And so um, I make these hats, and then I, what I do is I sell them so that my children don't starve to death, because I'm in ministry. And um, so if you'd like to support my children and share the love of Jesus, these are out in the foyer. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give one away. Who's got, a, who's got a grandson with attitude that would probably wear the hat like this? Yeah? Come on. All right. Okay. There we go. There we go. Oh, sorry. Oh, I don't knock anyone out. And... Uh, this book here is all about how to love your neighbor as yourself. It's a book that I wrote uh, about our experiences. We lived in America and we lived in uh, a series of apartments and we, we just, we were like, okay, cool. We, we felt the Lord say, plant a church. That's good. So what would the church do in its purest form? Well, love God and, and love our neighbors as ourselves. I thought, okay. We need to get to know our neighbours. And so we just started knocking on people's doors. We started chasing people down. I remember one night I was in my tracksuit pants and uh, just drinking a coffee. And I see this couple walk past our front window walking their dog. It's like 10 o'clock at night. I just ran out there. I was like, hey, hey, how you doing? Hey, and I chased them down this alleyway. And I said, um, we just moved in, you know. Anyway, uh, Gary and, and uh, Eileen, they ended up becoming really good friends. And they always thanked me for stopping them at 10 o'clock at night with a cup of coffee in my hand and my tracksuit pants. They thought they were going to get robbed. And they always thanked me. Anyway, within a year, we went from a, a neighbourhood where one guy said, I've lived here since 1997. This is a couple of years ago we left that neighbourhood. And I'd never had a meal with any of my neighbours. He said, now I've had 10. And as we left that neighbourhood, we had Muslims holding Bibles. One girl, I said, I said to the neighbours, I said, look, because we had to leave America pretty unexpectedly. I said, guys... We, we had this, like a tribe, a gang, like we were, man, someone tried to break into my house once when I was out, it was just my wife at home with our little boy, and my neighbour came over, loaded gun, like, right, <laughs> this is America, you know, he's like, because I, I said, she called me, she said, honey, someone's trying to get into the house, and I'm at seminary um, in, you know, an hour away, doing a night class, and I'm like, oh God, you know, your worst nightmare, you know, as a husband, she said, I can hear them rattling the door. I said, you call the police, I'll call Patrick. <laughs> Patrick's like, what? And he, he said, he told me afterwards, he, he picked up the phone and said, what's wrong? I said, was, you know, I didn't always call him at ten, you know, 10 o'clock at night. I said, he goes, what's wrong? I said, someone's trying to break in the house. He says, I'm on my way. He said, what happened is he, his wife was like, where are you going? Because he's got a phone here. <laughs> he just grabs his gun, loads it and walks out the door. And she said, and she said uh, where are you going? And he goes, someone's messing with Joyce. And he just, bum, 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 bum. And I was like, Patrick, whoa, oh, okay. I get a little excited and sound systems can't always keep up with me. But um, man, anyway, and so the whole neighborhood just transformed, you know, just phenomenal. Just the, so, so I said to the neighbors, look, You've, you've watched our lives, we would pray with them, we would share the gospel, you know. I said, if you want to live a life like we live, you need to get to know Jesus. And I said, so here's a bunch of Bibles, I'm sorry we didn't get to study this together because we've got to move back to Australia because we lost our visa. And, um, and this Muslim lady, she grabs uh, a Bible, and, but I also had like 
Psalms and New Testaments. So she grabs one of those and her husband's trying to explain, like, I think that one's in that one. Like, you might want to leave that one for the other neighbour. She's like, I want both of them. And with tears streaming down her face, she's like, when you come back to America, we will study these together, you know. And we just saw the whole neighbourhood transformed. And so is there anyone here who you, you live in close proximity to your neighbours and you want to actually begin to love your neighbours yourself? So maybe you're in apartments, flats, you might live in a court. Who wants this book? But you, you live in close proximity. No one wants to love their neighbours themselves, and it's all good. Right, first hand I saw was a gentleman in the red. Do you mind running? You just, you're just, you're on fire. The gentleman in the red there, Maxine. Thank you so much, Maxine. And uh, I used to think that uh, I used to call Hillsong Hill wrong. I was like Bethel Schmaffel. I was like Father, Son, and Holy Bible. I was not a fan of the supernatural at all. It just freaked me out. Did anyone else ever get freaked out by the supernatural? You know, like. <laughs> Hey, glory! And you're like, what is that? And then, you know, and people are like, I've got a word from you. And you're okay, this is, you know, it just freaked me out a little bit. And so, um, went from a, a tradition where I, you know, I thought speaking in tongues was demonic, quite honestly. And uh, now I've seen blind eyes healed, deaf ears healed, bones come back together. I've just, uh, I've seen the most outrageous things. I was in a cafe here in Canberra and I, and I just said, I think I'm meant to share... Jesus with that lady. And my friend says, well, how are you going to do that? I said, I don't know. Let's pray. Oh, I'll get the name Jessica. I'll go up to her. I said, hey, how are you doing? I wrote down her name in my phone. I said, what's your name? She says, Jessica. I said, oh, cool. All right. Yeah. And when, when we live a, a life led by the Spirit, we have power for the purpose that he's called us to. So this book's a little journey from skeptic of the supernatural to um, shaka baba, watch out. But there you go, because I saw your hand go up. <laughs> God's got you. It's good stuff. Oh, all right. Oh, I'm not here to give stuff away. This, this, is, getting it. this is a really expensive service. Um, I'm here to preach and pray. And... All right, Jesus. Oh, thank you, God. Um, let's bring up a photo of my wife really quickly, because she can't be here. It's coming. Wait, that's not my wife. There's weird stuff happens in the world. I did not marry a mountain. Oh, look at her. Isn't she gorgeous? So um, that's a website there. Oh, that's YouTube. It's my beautiful wife. Um, so we, we're uh, evangelists. My wife leads worship. She's just absolutely stunning. Indian background. And uh, we met in church when she was 16 and I was 20. And uh, that was not really cool back then. Now, everyone's like, you guys are awesome. But I was like, just a little bit older. We've got three kids and uh, doctors said we would never be able to have children. Or Sorry, I'll rephrase that. They said there was a high chance we would never be able to have children. We were ministering up in North Pole, Alaska, of all places. Uh, I remember getting on the plane Christmas Day, Melbourne Airport. They said, where are you headed today? I said, North Pole. They said, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, no, seriously, can you check the bags through to Fairbanks, Alaska, and then we're going to drive over to North Pole. Anyway, so we, we're ministering up in Alaska, and this lady comes up to my wife. She says, um, I don't know if you've ever thought about having children, but um, I knew you were coming to minister at our church, and I was praying for you, and I had a dream, and... Uh, and my wife goes, oh, that's nice. Uh, I actually haven't had my period for over a year. I've got severe polycystic ovaries. Diagnosis isn't great. She goes, oh, pff, don't worry. She goes, in the dream, uh, you were pregnant. You were about 21 days. And you, had, you were having 
It's all good. I, every now and then. <clears throat> oh, it's the Canberra cold. <laughs> yeah. She goes, and it's a little boy. Anyway, doctor's like, do you want to know what sex the baby is? We're like, we know. He's like, oh, where have you been? We're like, long story. He goes, all right, one leg, two leg, three legs, it's a boy. We're like, yeah, we, we knew, we knew it was a boy. So now got three children, praise God, three miracle children. So my beautiful wife is at home right now, um, and she often says to me, right now, my role is to look after the kids, and I'm just so honoured that I get to support you as you go and preach the gospel, and uh, I just have the most amazing wife in the world, so I thought I'd just spend a moment bragging on my wife, and uh, I tell you what, someone, when you find a, a, a good wife, you find a great thing, I tell you. All right, I do have a message. I do actually open the Bible at some points, but um, I felt in worship the Lord just pointed two people out to me behind me, and then I looked and they were actually there. It was amazing. Um, uh, oh. um, so, the... It was, so when I was in worship, I just felt the Lord say, over your right-hand shoulder, there's a, um, an African gentleman. So I was like, okay. So I looked. There's two African background gentlemen. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to both of you. Is that all right? <laughs> um, uh, do we have like a, a microphone? Are we able to rove around a little bit and just so I can meet people and... Um, Thank you. So this is my good friend Steve. Steve's been, uh, he's going to be in the UK with me in a, in a couple of months. He was up here with me recently and he's travelling around uh, with me and we, we kind of minister together. But Steve, do you mind moving around and just, I just want to get to know people. Um, the gentleman here, uh, what was your name? My name's Kobe. Kobe, so good. Wow. Um, in Joshua, uh, is it Joshua? Joshua uh, chapter 5, verse 7, it says, So Joshua circumcised their sons, those who had grown up to take their father's places, for they had not been circumcised on the way to the promised land. And after all the... Um, oh, it's all good. After all the males being circumcised, they rested in the camp until they were healed. And I just feel like there's been... Um, like the Lord's been doing a deep work in your heart, uh, Kobe. And it's like a circumcision of the heart. And he is raising you up as a man to take the place of your fathers, to take the place as a father. Are you a father? Yeah. yeah. As a father, to father this next generation. And, and the, the two words in that rest and, and heal. They rested until they were healed. And I just feel like, um, yeah, I just want to encourage you that the Lord, uh, he sees you. He knows the deep work that's happening. And it's a deep work that's going to bless the generations. So bless you, Kobe. Wow. So good. Um, and, uh, and just up the back, the, the other uh, gentleman, the African background, 
Um, my wife's born, like, everyone says to my wife, oh, where are you from? And she's like, Bayswater, which is the suburb of, of uh, Melbourne, because she's born in Australia. So, um, so when I say African background, you may, may have been here three generations, but I, I had this picture, and so I'm just going with it. I got a red jumper later on, I saw someone, so it's all good. Um, if you're in a red jumper, you know, and you don't want a word, quick, rip it off, you know. <laughs> um, what was your name, sorry? Uh, my name is Kek. Kek. So Kek, good. Kek Daniel. Kek Daniel. Can I ask where, whereabouts in Africa uh, your background is from? Yeah, I'm from South Sudan. Oh, come on. Oh. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> Give me a minute. I was just in South Sudan. Can I pray for you, Kek? Is that all right? There you go, Steve. Oh, thank you. Ooh, is this all right? Is this your wife? Oh, come on, stand up. Is that all right? If you're around, you can stretch out your hands. So, so if you don't know the, the history of South Sudan, the war and the, and the killing and the conflict is, is off the charts. My friends are missionaries there. Um, their first convert got hung in a tree outside their house. They had to listen to their first convert die because a witch doctor um, had, had, had called some, something out and said, oh, that person's responsible for sickness. It's spiritual warfare. And the conflict and the challenges. But I see you guys, especially you, Kek, you're a man of peace. And I just believe that the Lord has called you here, not just for safety, <laughs> for purpose, that you have got uh, a future to the nations, that the Lord is going to use you to bless South Sudan as he uses you to bless Australia as well, that he has brought you together as a team and as you love and as you honour and as you serve each other, God is going to just do a mighty work. So let's pray for, for South Sudan right now. Oh God, we cry out for South Sudan. We cry out for peace, God. We cry out, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to move across that nation. That division in the church would die. That selfishness, that warfare would die. That, that, the, that the only war that would be fought in South Sudan would be a spiritual war for the sons and daughters of that nation. We break off death this curse of death against that nation. And we just declare that you will use mighty men like Keck to, to speak peace and to intercede and to see breakthrough and victory in South Sudan in Jesus' mighty name. And I declare that while you are here in Australia, God has a plan and a purpose for you. You have a voice. You have a voice into the African community here. You have a voice in your family. You have a voice in your street, in this region. For as long as you are here, you have a plan. God has a plan and a purpose for you, not simply to be safe, but to be sent out and to be used, and that the work of your hands will bring great prosperity to many that need it. I see you blessing financially so many people that desperately need 
um, that gift. And so I bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Increase, 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 increase. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, Kek. Can I give you a hug? Oh, well, who wants a tornado potato? <laughs> I'm done. Oh. I, I hope you don't mind. A little bit of a different Sunday. There was this girl in the red cardigan there. Yeah. Well, uh, Steve's on it. Go, go, go. What Nicole? Was your... Nicole, how you doing, Nicole? Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> You're like, he said red jumper, so it's not me. <laughs> awesome, sorry. Um, I could be completely wrong, so if you want to give me feedback, that's fine. Sometimes it's just like, it's the bacon and eggs I have in the morning. <laughs> but quite seriously, we never learn to hear the voice of God. Like so I shouldn't say that, words are too strong. The best way... To learn to hear the voice of God is to take risks. So when you're learning a new language, even when you, when you, when, if you watch a child learning um, how to speak, they have to know that, know that. And then eventually they go, Dada. And when they see you light up, they're like, That's, I got it, it's Dad. And so we have to like risk it. And if, if something happens, then it's like, Oh, God. God's on that. Okay, cool. If nothing happens, you, uh, I don't know. Maybe it was God. Maybe it wasn't. But this is what I know. God's responsible. Sorry, I'll get to you in a minute, Nicole. Sorry. <laughs> Just teaching for a moment. God's responsible for the outcome of your obedience. So sometimes you obey and you don't see the fruit. But you're the pizza delivery guy, right? Your job is to deliver the pizza, not to stand around and be like, you're going to eat that? And are you going to compliment me on how good it is? No, you delivered the pizza. You're not the chef, you know? You don't get the compliment for the, for the contents, right? Don't stick around and wait for them. Just go, right, I've delivered the pizza, okay? Um, so step out, that's all I'm saying, step out. Because if that man, he said to me in the bar, he said, I never do this. When he came up to me and said, Andrew, God loves you so much and you've just got to come back to him, he never does that. And I was literally thinking about how to end my life. I hated myself so much. And... So I just encourage you, hey, like, deliver the pizza. All right, so Nicole, I'm going to deliver the pizza, and if it's not, no good, it's no worries. It's all good. And, you know, and everything should be tested, you know. So, um, you, you know, you see young kids, they, they just eat hot food without, like, putting it to their lip first and just test, test it. All right, so Nicole, I just felt like there was some, uh, God took me to, uh, Joshua 9.11, which talks about this tribe that gets advice from, it says, their elders and their people. And it doesn't go too well for Israel, but in it, the verse is kind of out of context for the word, but I felt when I went to the verse, I felt him highlight this maybe reality for you that, that the elders and the people, not the elders of the church necessarily, but people in your world, that there's a lot of voices right now, that there's a lot of pressure and I just feel the Lord saying, just sit at the feet of God. And his voice is what matters most. And be 
Uh, I think I'm right off, so anyway. <laughs> Be strong and courageous. Yeah. Can I ask you what you're thinking really quickly? Um, oh, like without going to detail, I think that's spot on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. We'll pray later because okay. I don't want to, I don't want to, there's enough voices. <laughs> You're like, now there's all these eyes and ears. Yeah. But the Lord just loves you so much, hey? Yeah, you just sit at his feet and when he says go, when he says right, he's got you. He's got you. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to worry about it. He's got it. He always pays for what he orders. Okay, um, sermon. <laughs> oh, God. So I didn't... Um, oh, okay. Um, I didn't know what season you guys were in as a church when, um, when I was invited to do uh, this morning. And uh, then I get up here and I see on the wall that you're doing a... You're moving. You're planning to at least. You're in a building project. You're in a you're in a, a moving time and all this. And it was funny because I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you have for the church? Because I knew, you know, we had this but God thing. It's just been amazing to be here. Let me just say this. I'm going to brag on your pastors and leaders in a minute, but this is a special church. Oh, man. Adam and Steph, I'm like, I have got new, like a new standard for how to host people, how to love people, how to, these guys are some of the most warm, loving individuals that have poured their lives into the youth of this church and this region. They're not content with like, oh yeah, we'll just look after it. They're like, we are going to be a blessing to an entire city and beyond. And so I just bless you guys. I'm Andrew. I'm Alison. Nice to meet you, Alison. <laughs> I like this guy, and I, and I, I reckon I, I like you the more we hang out. <laughs> Andrew and Alison, bless you. So good. Wow. All right, um, I'll just keep giving words, and maybe that's how it's going to go today. So I asked the Lord, I said, oh, hang on. Alison, I just saw this like spine just covered in blood and, and I was like, what is that? The support that you are, but also the support that you need is all in Jesus. There's no pressure. You don't, you don't have to be a support outside of Jesus and your support totally comes from Jesus and I just encourage you that like so part of my story is that um, mine and my wife is that we 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 have you know youth pastored young adults pastored planted churches we've ministered around the world and, and the the I, I would the the pressure to not fail and the pressure to do a good job. And, but also the, I had, and I'm not saying this is your reality, this was my reality, 
I had this unhealthy um, way of getting my affirmation. So in my life, I um, had a present absent dad, if that makes sense. Amazing dad. We now have a great relationship. But when I was a kid, uh, he got really sick. And so he was pretty absent, even though he was in the home. And so I knew that I was adopted by God in here, but because of my example with my dad, um, I didn't know it in here. And so I would live my life with this adoption certificate signed by Jesus, but I kept going everywhere else for other signatures, even though the signature that really mattered was there the whole time. And even in ministry, I would be like, oh, I hope they sign for me this week. It's so interesting. Like at first it was girls and alcohol and porn and all this. And then when I went into ministry, it was like I would preach and then I would stand at the door and I'd be like, affirm me, affirm me, affirm me. Oh, you like the sermon? Oh, that's great. Oh, you like my message? Oh, great. Oh, ties are up. Oh. And, and what the Lord did is he showed me Jesus on the cross and... Um, and he said, Andrew, you'll never add to it. You can never add to it. You'll never add to it. And if there's any pressure in your world as, as, a, as a mom, as a wife, as a, a leader in this church, I just encourage you that Jesus, like it's all in the blood of Jesus. He just loves you so much. Hey? He's so proud of you. Oh, but all your support, because sometimes it's like you are supporting, all your support is in the blood of Jesus. And yeah, you're just, you're doing a phenomenal job, hey? You're such a great mum. Oh, how much of your girls are testament to the way that you've loved them and poured your life into them and modelled. You've modelled how to, how to love the Lord. You, you're awesome. All right, um... And so I asked the Lord, I said, what word do you have for the church? And, uh, and, and I, I wrote down here, that they're living in heightened times of transition and decision. And I was like, okay. And he said, Issachar. And I said, Issachar? I don't really know anything about Issachar. And so I uh, went away with the Lord and, and I just said, okay, God, what do you want me to, to share today? So... Um, we're going to jump into a bunch of different passages and just look at Issachar. Issachar is a tribe of, of Israel. And I believe that what this church is going to need for this season, not just when it comes to a building and moving and all of that, when it comes to the times we are living in. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the crucial, critical significant times we're living in. I just believe that this church is going to need uh, what I'll call the Issachar anointing. And so I'm going to, we're going to unpack that and then I'm going to pray for you that the Issachar anointing would be released. I believe to some degree I, I actually carry that. I'd never even heard of it until an intercessor wrote to me the other day and said, Andrew, uh, you've got to ask for the Issachar anointing. And I'm like, okay, I don't even know what that is. And now I'm preaching on it. So if it's a jumbled sermon, give me grace. Um, 
So who's, who, who is Issachar? What's, what's the deal with these guys? Uh, G- Genesis 49, 14 to 15. We're just going to get to know these, this, uh, this, this tribe, these people. And if you like them, I reckon you're going to become like them um, by the end of today. It's going to be great if you're not already. So it says here, uh, Issachar, so 49, 14. Issachar is a sturdy donkey resting between two saddle packs. When he sees how good the countryside is and how pleasant the land, he will bend his shoulder to the load and submit himself to hard labour. I just want to encourage you, church. I reckon you guys are hard workers. I reckon as a church, you have been so steadfast and so loyal and so faithful and so hardworking, and you see what's going on, you see the reality of Fishwick, you see the reality of Canberra, and you go, right, let's go. Right, and you lean in. And I just feel the, the delight of the Lord over this church. I feel the delight of the Lord over you. He's like, well done, come on. And you may have been a part of this church for 20 years, two years, or maybe two weeks. But I believe this word is for you, that the Lord is saying, I am so proud of you. Lean in, lean in to what the Lord is doing. And you already do. But for some of you, you're like, I know that the Lord can increase my capacity and he's going to. All right, Judges 5.15 This is good. I like this one. All right. So the first thing we learn, just if you're taking notes, which is always a good idea, we learn that Issachar is uh, not afraid of hard work, that they see the times and they respond appropriately. Next thing we see here is in in Judges uh, 5, verse 15, it says, The princes of Issachar were with Deborah and Barak. They followed Barak, rushing into the valley. It says, but the tribe of Reuben, in the tribe of Reuben, there was great indecision. I think the two are contrasted next to each other to say the sons of Issachar, the, the, this Issachar anointing, comes with an ability to back your leaders and to rush in when it's needed. If you're familiar with the story of, of Deborah, it's a very, very interesting story. But basically, Israel's in a bad place. They're in a really bad place. It says here, uh, stay in chapter 5 and we'll go up to uh, verse 6. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, and in the days of Jael, people avoided the main roads and travellers stayed on winding paths, pathways. Why? Because like, things are dangerous. It was a, it was a, it's not, not a, good, a good time for, for Israel. It says, there were few people left in the villages of Israel until Deborah arose as a mother for Israel. And what happened in this time in Israel's history is Deborah arose as a mother for Israel and led the nation to freedom. Now, you've got to understand, women didn't arise back then. Like... A woman judge was just not the reality of the day. 
at all. In fact, people would be like, "Woo, where's your covering? They would not be impressed. And so in a time when it was unpopular, at a time where there was risk involved, the princes of Issachar go, right, we back you. We back you. Because the Lord actually called, commissioned, equipped. He was actually with Deborah. So I think sometimes we go, "Mm, I don't know about this. What are these guys doing? What are they thinking? If I was in the elders meeting, I'd tell you what. (laughs) I would have had my say. The carpet in the new church needs to be. We're laughing, but come on. I've ministered all around the world and um, and I've seen people that have been imprisoned. I shared before about a gentleman who was hanged. I've um, put my hands in the scars of friends where the uh, extremists have literally tried to cut their heads off but didn't quite finish the job and now they're medical doctors ministering to the very faith that tried to take them out. Oh, I love the power of God. Um, I've been all around the world and and, uh, I'll just say this. You've been saved by the grace of God because of your faith. And he saved you for a purpose. And it was not to debate the carpet. <laughs> we are in a spiritual battle. And where there is indecision, it's dangerous. I remember I was over in Southeast Asia and my brother and I are in the taxi. Like, I'm in the front seat, it's about three o'clock in the morning, he's, uh, he's in, the, in the, the back seat, and I feel the Lord say, talk to your taxi driver, and I'm like, no, it's two o'clock in the morning, I was so tired, I was like, we were, you know, like four flights in two days, and I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to get a little shadow, God, you can talk to the taxi driver, but I'm done. And uh, he goes, talk to the taxi driver. And I'm like, no, just let me keep my eyes closed and have a little nap. And unbeknownst to me until afterwards when we compared notes, my brother's in the back seat and the Lord says, man, I'm just getting so emotional today. The Lord says, pray for your brother. I think because it's so important to pray for your brother. Every now and then what happens is I I feel the heart of God on something. And as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm like, oh, that's the heart of God. I love it. Um, oh, this, what's wrong with this? <laughs> what's going on? Oh, it's good. It's good stuff. Oh, don't fight it. Just go with it. It's all good. Holy Spirit. Woo. Okay. 
Oh, I've been crying ever since I came to Canberra. Oh. <laughs> and the and the and the um, and the the Lord says to my brother, "Start praying for your brother now." So he wakes up. He was kind of in and out as well, and he just starts interceding for me. But he's still got his eyes closed because he's praying like a good Christian. He's like, "Oh God, you know." I don't know what's going on, but I pray for Andrew. Just give him courage right now. Whatever's happening in his world, you know. And I'm in the front going, I'm not going to speak to the taxi driver. And the Lord says, speak to the taxi driver. And I'm like, how you doing? He's fast asleep. We're about 120 k's an hour and we're drifting across four lanes of traffic and we're about to smash into, well, no traffic because it was two in the morning, four lanes of open freeway and we're about to smash into a concrete barrier. And I go, so you've been driving taxis long? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, which is Indonesian for 15 years. I'm like, okay. Glad I know Indonesian and I'm glad I listened to the Lord. And uh, critical times require obedience, require decision require action and if we're in this if we're, we're stuck in indecision you know I, I said this a few times lately I'd rather die fighting than live spectating and criticizing I want in lucky I didn't die in my indecision that day <laughs> praise the Lord so I'm still here all right Numbers 2, 1 to 9. So the second thing we learn about, uh, about Issachar is that they will back their leaders and they will rush into the valley. They will rush into what the Lord is asking them to rush into. Um, numbers 2, 1 to 9. Let me just say this. The, the, um, the Bible is... The Bible is a mirror that reveals to us who we really are. It's not a standard that we have to somehow reach. It's the truth of who you are because when you become a Christian, you become a new creation. The old is gone. You were crucified with Christ. He died once, so did you. You don't die again and again and again and again. Every day you wake up, you're like, oh God, I killed myself again. No, you died when you became a Christian. You become a new creation and then the Bible tells you who you really are. So if you're hearing this message and you go, wow, courageous, and rushing in and backing their leaders, and you're like, that's not me. Because you're seeing the, the word as a law that you can't attain to, I encourage you to just switch off that stinking thinking and go, oh, it's a mirror that's telling me who I am. I am courageous. I do back my leaders. I do rush in. I'm not afraid of hard work. It's a mirror that tells us who we are. All right, so Numbers chapter 2 says this, uh, verse 5, 6, talks about Issachar. Nathaniel, son of Zur, was the leader. And it gives the number of people that were, uh, that were a part of that, that tribe, that camp, the troops, the number of the registered troops, right? And then further down in verse 9, it says, 
These three tribes, because it mentions Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun, these tr- three tribes are to lead the way whenever the Israelites travel to a new campsite. I believe that what this church is doing and will continue to do is be a leader for the other churches in the Canberra region and for churches around the, around the globe. And the world will look at the courage, the passion, the sacrifice, the hard work, the unity, the miraculous that takes place in this place. Even the story of your move is, is going to be so miraculous that people will look and they'll go, we can do new, new campsites as well. We can plant churches. We can take risks. We can... You guys are pioneer servants. You're pioneer followers. Sounds a little bit funny, a little bit paradoxical, a little bit different. How do you be a, a following pioneer? But you follow the Spirit of God and you pioneer and you take ground. You move into new campsites and you rush into the valley. You knock on your neighbor's door and you stop for the waitress and tell her that God loves her and she has to come back to him. And you forgive your spouse and you pray for your enemy and you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. You love your neighbors yourself and you keep pushing and you keep pushing. And as you follow the Spirit's leading, you will take ground like so few people have seen. Oh, it's going to be stunning. Oh, it already is stunning, but it's just, I just feel it's, it's getting ramped up in this place. Uh, and so we learn that we are, that Issachar were following pioneers. And I believe that the, the, this is what this, this house is. And I'll say this, when Issachar followed Deborah into the battle, they won. And I believe I've had this song all weekend. Well, not all weekend. Mid-morning yesterday when my dear friend Steve, who hears from the Lord so clearly, he's just, he is such a gift to be able to travel with him and to be able to minister together like brothers, you know, in arms. He says to me, Andrew, too often we look at the giants and we forget that God has won the victory. We need to pray from a position of victory. And so... uh, Ever since then, mid-morning yesterday, it feels like a long time ago, we've been here all weekend ministering. I've had this song. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Him. Oh, oh, oh. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Him. And I believe that the Lord is going to give you the victory. As you rush into the valley, as you back your leaders, as you lean into the hard work. And I'm, I am talking, you know, so I know now, since coming here, I am talking about actually moving. But I'm also talking about the signs of the times. Here in Australia, we need to know. First uh, Chronicles 12.32, you ready? Oh, we're nearly done. I don't even know what time it is. And the good thing is, we could like just all have lunch in our seats and just go to like two o'clock when I have to go 
catch a flight. So if I if I go too long, just tackle me off the platform. Um, it says here, First Chronicles twelve verse thirty two. This is fun to learn, isn't it? Like learning about a tribe and the traits of the tribe. I love this. And we learned it this week, so that's good. All right, it's fresh. Oh, it's good. There's <laughs> uh, some transparency for you. You know, often we think like the preachers have got it all together. I do. I'm a child of God, so I'm awesome. Okay, so I've got a lot of things together, right? But I'll tell you this: not because I'm a preacher, because I'm a child of God. Did you hear that? But. I'm constantly learning and constantly growing. And I just encourage you, keep staying hungry and learn and grow and grab your Bible. and Eat it all the time. It's so good. So, Issachar, uh, 12.32. From the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. Hear this. All these men understood the signs of the time and they knew the best course for Israel to take. I just declare in Jesus' mighty name <laughs> that you will know the times and you will know which path to take. You will know how to lead the nation. Often there's this complex, I don't know what it's called, I don't think it's a, there's a medical term for it, but it's like the, I missed out because I'm in Canberra-itis. It's like the, I'm overlooked because I'm a Canberran-itis. It's... it's doesn't belong in the kingdom. I can tell you, especially off the back of the election we just had, the nation is looking to Canberra. I walked into Parliament House yesterday to, to pray for our government. There is a couple already there from Sydney praying. Oh, Father, when Scott gets up to speak, would you just anoint his words? Would you give him courage? Would you give him wisdom? And I'm like, dang, what's, what is, I thought this was Parliament, you know? It's like a chapel. My friend uh, Warwick Marsh, he says, some of you may know him, it's part of the National Day of Prayer and Fasting, which I'm quite involved in and I highly recommend you get along to. We've got to flood that lawn. Let me just say this. At the National Day of Prayer and Fasting in Canberra that we just had, there were about like two or 300 people that came. And I was like, what does that say to a nation? Just a thought for next year. Anyway, so Warwick... So, you know, the church in Canberra has to unite and stand up. The nation is looking to you. And Warwick said this, he says, I've never seen so much political activism and prayer from the church in over 30 years of being involved in this stuff. He says, he's just not seen it. And I want to encourage you, now's the time. People are looking at Canberra. And when you rise up and you lead... The nation will follow. You are not the tail, you are the head. I know that that's so cliche. Oh, you're the head, not the tail. But some of you need to hear that. That's, that Canberraitis flu thing's been running too much leash in your head and heart. And you need to know that the Lord is looking at you and He is smiling on you and He loves you and He is for you and He is... He has plans for this place. Oh, my goodness. Oh, 
There's one other church, this church in North Pole, Alaska, where I felt such a, a heaviness around a space that there's, God's going to do something in Fishwick. He already is, he already has, let's be really clear, but there's more. Okay, time to pray. Um, Steve, can you come up? I just, um, I said to Steve, I said, Steve, do you have a word for the room? He didn't know what I was going to preach on today. Um, but I just said to him this morning, I said, if you had something to bring, I'd love you to release it before we pray for everyone. Are we good? Are we doing all right? How are we for time? Are we, 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 we we're doing all right? Okay, cool. Because in a minute, I'm going to pray for the Issachar anointing to come. And like, whoo-wee, I'm, I'm going to get wrecked and I'm, I can't wait. So please don't run out and eat tornado potatoes. There's a different kind of wind blowing here, okay? <laughs> we can have the tornado potatoes. I'm down with that, but just not yet. Okay. Why don't you, you come, Steve? Yeah, good morning. Bless you, mate. I honour you. Yeah. I honour you. Oh. Yeah, this morning uh, during worship, I just felt like the Lord was saying, um, I reach, my love reaches the, the darkest depths of the sea and my love reaches like the, a barren mountaintop the, the the highest point you could ever you could ever get to and and um my love has reached you and i just i just uh feel if there's anyone here who thinks that the love of god can't get to them the love of god can reach you wherever you're at he just loves us so much um i also um I've had a bit of a, a recurring picture that keeps coming to my mind uh, the whole time we've been coming here, and it's uh, it's been of the, a cornerstone. You know, we know that Jesus is the cornerstone, and um, but it's been it's, it's like a massive cornerstone. It's huge. It's like I've always pictured. You know, a cornerstone is this big, and then okay, if I'm getting built on the cornerstone, I'm like. Almost the same size, a little bit smaller, bigger. But this this is like a massive cornerstone. It's huge. It's it's you know the size of this platform, whatever. And you're in the middle, and it's like I feel like God's saying that that as a church, you're built on this massive cornerstone. It's like you could run all over it, and you can't escape the foundation that you guys have got. Come like, on, it is so firm. It is like so so broad. You've just you've just you're you're, you're so set. And um, and so I feel like the Lord's saying, be encouraged that your foundations, like they don't need to be questioned. Um, there's no need to be insecure or, or to think, um, you know, to overthink um, uh, the truths of God that you already know. Like it's this is the one way, and you guys have it and you know it, and it's and and you're built on it. Um, but I felt like the Lord was saying about in connection with how his love reaches that he he's saying that you are, are the representation of God in this world you are the ones who are going to reach the lost the broken the the the, the highest point in the darkest depth yeah. where there's darkness in this world where there's um, barrenness we are the ones who are to reach and now is the time now is the time. The, sound, the foundation is set and, and the Lord is just saying, 
Don't wait around. You have the truth. You have everything you need. Now is the time. Go. So good. Oh, so good. So good. Oh. Now is the time. Now is the time. It's go time. Oh, but God, I just want to have a little nap. I don't want to talk to the taxi driver. There's life and death. There's life and death. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying this is life and death. Reach the standard. I'm saying this is life and death. And he's given you everything you need. So, two things uh, we're going to do. Real, oh, maybe three. We'll see. First thing is this. If you're here today and you haven't yet made a decision to follow Jesus, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life. It says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And if you're here today and you just, maybe you've been coming to church for a little while, maybe you walked away from the Lord, maybe this is your first time in church, I don't know what the deal is, but you're here. And you just feel a knocking, the, the Bible says, be, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will dine with him as friends. And if you're hearing the knocking of God on your heart this morning and you know that you need to give your life to Jesus, you need to say, right, I'm going to confess with my mouth, believe in my heart, Jesus is Lord, I want to be saved. If you're here today and you would say, I want to follow Jesus, then I just want to invite you to stand right now with every eye open, everyone looking around. <laughs> Why? Because if we can't stand for God in the church, what hope do we have in the world? But more than that, because this is a safe place. This is a family. And what's going to happen is when you stand and you say, I'm giving my life to Jesus, the whole room's going to go nuts. You're going to cheer. We saw it at the youth, at the youth camp. Heaven is going to rejoice because you said yes to Jesus today. So if you're here today and you say, I need to give my life to Jesus, I want to follow Jesus Maybe it's the first time, maybe you've walked away and you just know you need to, to come back to God today. I just want to invite you to stand right now, just right where you are. Who'd be the first person? We might all be saved, and that's the case, no worries, but I'd love to, to celebrate with you if, if you haven't yet given your life to Jesus. we did this uh, I'll, I'll keep moving on but if you knew that you needed to stand it's all good we did this because uh, you can respond um, in a minute we did this on the youth camp and uh, youth conference and I kept moving on and this young kid just stands up like hey what are you doing moving on you know I'm like well I gave you a lot of time like well, stand up you know and the room just went nuts and celebrated him. So if at any point I'm speaking and you're like, I want Jesus, like, do it. It's good. All right. Um, second. Uh, Sometimes with ministry, there's like logistics. <laughs> You know what God wants to do, but you don't know how to pull it off. <laughs> um, 
We're going to do two things. First thing I want to do is I want to, uh, I want to pray for you for this Issachar anointing, if I can put it that way. Um, so if there's anything you heard and you're like, I need to know that that's the truth. I'm just going to pray that that mirror would get clearer, that the Spirit would come. Um, I do know that I carry like a, a, a discernment and I carry a level of faith um, and, and I'm all for impartation. Um, I'm like a bit of an impartation junkie. Some people, they travel the world and they get patches. I travel the world and get prayers. I'm like, Heidi, how are you doing? Yes, Andrew, pray for me. Oh, yes, okay, cool. Got that. <laughs> it's a little bit funny, but the point is, like, let's stay hungry, let's keep receiving. And if I've got something I can leave you in Canberra so that you can shine brighter than yesterday, awesome. So what we're going to do is the first thing we're going to do is we're going to stand up and we're going to, um, anyone who wants to be a part of this, you can be. If you don't want to be a part of this, that's fine. Um, I'm going to pray for myself to get the Issachar anointing. So, like, if you want it, that's great. If not, no worries, you can stay seated. But um, we're going to stand and we're going to do the circle thing that you did um, for uh, communion. So we'll just kind of go around. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to, as quickly as possible, move around just pray for everyone. And if I don't get to you, it's okay. We're all going to hold hands and God's just going to move. I don't even know if I'll get to everyone. We'll see. We'll see how it works. I'm logistically a little bit stressed right now. And then what's going to happen is I'm actually going to invite um, your pastors. I feel the Holy Spirit really strongly on this, so I'm, we'll see how we go. I'm going to invite your pastors to, to come and sit. Um, if, if someone can go into the foyer, uh, actually, we don't need the foyer. We can use the chairs. You're going to pick your chairs up. If you're a pastor or a pastor's wife or husband, and you're going to um, come and you're going to sit along here. And after I prayed for that Issachar anointing, I want to invite you to come along uh, to your pastors just as you file out and just pray for them. Can we do that? Can we back our leaders today? So I can tell you, and I can tell you that these guys have stepped out. They have such courage, such faith. And we need to back them. And so um, some of you, I felt, I wrote down, this is a little bit strong, but I wrote down uh, there's some Jezebel, illegitimate, undermining stuff. And you need to repent. And so if, if that's you and you've been having those, those uh, you know, you, you wake up and you, you have a conversation with your pastor, but they're not actually in the room. Well, I'm going to tell you something, okay? You know, if you need to just come and just, you don't even have to say anything, but just bless. Just bless these guys as you walk out. And I just believe the Lord will do a, a work in your heart. I was like, oh, do we pray for them before or after? I think as we, as we pray for the anointing, you'll get the courage to pray the prayers you need to pray for your pastors. Now's not a time to, just so you know, as you leave, that's not the time to like deal with that conversation. <laughs> just bless them. Um, but I do believe the Lord's going to heal some stuff, um, but even between um, people and, and leaders, so that you can rush in and you can back. I hope that makes sense. Okay, cool. So it's good anointing. Pray for pastors, tornadoes. We good?